I would like to give a little time this morning to the meditation uh, instructions with uh, reference to the uh, use application of uh, the four uh, postures. In the morning time uh, yesterday, Samantha spoke to you with regard to the uh, working with the breath and with the body. I'd like us to continue with that as the priority for today. So initially I speak about the sitting posture with you and then afterwards address the other postures. Always a few things to bear in mind with the sitting posture and one that's a quiet discipline is that the benefits of the meditation are really supported with sitting with a straight and uh, upright posture so that the body, the spine of the body is singular in the line it's not resting back into cushions or uh, chairs there are the occasional exceptions to that person uh, with uh, uh, severe uh, back pains and so forth and of course some flexibility but primarily sitting tall um, as it were, uh, top of the head, close to the ceiling, there's the expansion of the whole uprightness of the body, and in that uh, posture, the uh, variety of organs of the body uh, undergo some expansion, heart, and lungs, and diaphragm, liver, and kidneys, and so forth. So it is well worthwhile in the sitting posture to make uh, good use and check at the very beginning that the posture itself is uh, sitting tall. The same principle also applies with uh, the walking and the standing as well, and, and the reclining. The long spine is of real benefit to the welfare of the whole uh, person and the whole body. With then giving the mindfulness and the attention to the breathing, it isn't necessary though one can if one wishes, focus on a particular spot with the breath, such as the rise and fall of the abdomen or the, or the nose and the air element there. But some expansion, and that expansion therefore would include just sitting, being on the earth, with mindfulness directed towards the breathing experience. To really breathe in and out, confirmation of that obviously is that there is some expansion in the chest area noticeably initially uh, on the in-breath there's some relaxation some quiet contraction of the body settling down to make that a priority it is an important and valuable uh, practice but to repeat as well it's not an absolutely indispensable one so what I mean by that it works well you know, for many, many people, but it's not everybody's cup of tea, so to speak. With the mindfulness of breathing for a moment, just staying uh, uh, with that, in the, in the contact uh, uh, with the breath, sometimes the breath is long, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's deep, uh, it's shallow, so we're in touch with the breathing process, we're recognising and acknowledging the impact of the breath as it enters into the body. It brings uh, oxygen, obviously, 
uh, into the cells, breathing out carbon dioxide, whatever, is being uh, exhaled, and the regularity of being conscious of, being mindful of, that consciousness, mindfulness of, also, as it were, enters in with the breath. So uh, each breath, inwardly and outwardly, is a reminder of the fact of being a conscious human being with the inhalation and the exhalation, with the oxygen as it comes in, with the uh, release of the air back into the environment, and really making that a priority. Mindfulness of breathing is also a reminder to us that human being does not have any self-existence there, that we are reliant, we are dependent upon the immediate environment, we cannot exist without an environment, and that's being confirmed that we draw the air from outside of ourselves, so to speak. And therefore the air element is coming in, reminds us of the importance of it as we breathe out, and really giving that recognition uh, and connection of the obvious air comes from outside we draw it into the body it draws itself in quite naturally and we breathe out and that practice then contributes to a steadying factor one of the aspects of the reasons that it's so valuable and important there are plenty of situations in our life internal and external where the breath is a kind of saving grace and what I mean by that sometimes our mind gets lost in a story it hears some very difficult and painful information we easily can get swamped with it all if we have a good solid practice of remembering to breathe in and breathe out we can use that to keep steady just breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out and the practice of that will help to keep us steady so that we can handle in this, so we say, difficult situations outwardly and difficult experiences or stories or streams of thought inwardly because we've established ourselves in the regularity of this breathing in and breathing uh, out as a contribution to staying clear and calm in the difficult situations. And it's the practice which is the confirmation uh, of this uh, obviously <clears throat> with the working uh, with with the breath the relationship to the breath is valuable and important and what I mean by that is just to recognize in the view of the breathing can we stay relatively calm and clear and rather steady as the breath comes in and as it goes out. It can be useful just when necessary to apply to purposefully make the breath that little bit longer and deeper. So you might be feeling a bit tired, a bit daydreamy, too much thought going on or whatever. So purposefully just breathe in a little bit longer, breathe out a little bit uh, more and in that extra intention to make the breath longer and deeper it will then contribute with a view to coming back without any intention to change the breath 
and just therefore to allow inhaling and exhaling just to take place quite organically and naturally. It can happen that if there is some settling in taking place, if we're feeling a bit more grounded or present or whatever, and one has um, beneficial meditations, that easily the conditioning of the being can be towards the willpower. Oh, it's getting getting easier, getting more comfortable, getting more settled. But then the desire easily comes in to go deeper, to push harder, to get further. And that very pressure disturbs the whole rhythm. It's not what right effort is about at all, though we sometimes hear of this. And so very easily, uh, sometimes with the uh, meditators, the, the, the the view can easily arise and it's important to catch and watch for this that somehow intensity is the sign of progress and more intensity would just breed more intensity and then there'll be a either reaction to it or a kind of fixed view it's not about intensity it is about clarity it is about calmness it is about receptivity to uh, insight it is about exploring experiences but we've got so used in the culture and the environment to uh, we've got to push hard to get anywhere you've really got to really work hard and this ideology it's a merciless ideology uh, has been put upon us and very very easily it is then carried into the meditation hall so as I say our practice is calmness and clarity and insight they are the important uh, factors here and if the mind is wandering quite a lot if it's daydreaming if feeling a bit tired if feeling a bit bored or whatever yes make the breath for as long as necessary a bit longer a bit deeper a little bit more effort for that period of time when you feel a bit more clear and more settled, then let go of the idea of generating more energy or presence and trust in the process itself with the calm that can go with it. <clears throat> in the talk with you uh, yesterday evening, just a very brief summary here just a few aspects uh, uh, of this. One is the the relationship to the past. With regard to uh, the teaching as a sensual liberation teaching, there are many, many ways to regard or speak of this. And uh, one of them is liberation is the exhaustion, uh, the ending the resolution of any problematic history. This is liberation. So it is a liberation from the unresolved issues, pressures, fears, anxieties, agitations, traumas and so forth. And the human being, through the wisdom, cooperation of the Sangha, teachings and uh, practices, can make an immense contribution to resolving all without exception of the unresolved history from the past. 
not to underestimate one's tremendous capacity uh, for this. It may be in the days here and in the postures, outside of the postures, something of the old arises. It's bothering, it's troubling, it's influencing the way one looks at the present or at the future or at oneself. To really uh, notice uh, all of that. Sometimes when we uh, forget um, the value and importance of uh, mindfulness, how very, very uh, easily it leads to some uh, agitation, some thought, a little bit of uh, extra pressure or whatever it uh, uh, might be. To give an example at home, which I never had to do years ago, but uh, must be because I'm a member of the white-haired club. And so each time I I go out uh, at home, I have the, the count of four. Have I got with me, which is helpful, the keys to get back in. <laughs> um, secondly, have I got some money to buy my oat latte? And, um, and third, thirdly, um, have I got uh, uh, the glasses because I like to read my book or what, uh, uh, whatever it uh, um, um, might might be? And there's a fifth one that's not even coming, so. It, <laughs> I got an excuse. I'm not at home. <laughs> uh, there. So sometimes it's just the mindfulness, and when we forget something or whatever, it just generates a little agitation, and or, or, or whatever. And sometimes as well at home we can't find something uh, there, and just look, look everywhere. And once I couldn't find either the mobile phone. Or the world. I just look everywhere, up, up and down, uh, uh, for it, and uh, eventually uh, uh, I gave up on on it. And then I just checked. Oh, I remember I was in this shop. So I asked that shop, and then I went to the gym. No, no. And two days later, I found it. It was in the pannier bag of my bike. I don't own a car. It was in the pannier bag. Ah, right there. So all the hassle. Because the loss of the mindfulness generating the dirt there, and then it turns up. Uh, sometimes for some people it doesn't turn up, as we know. So mindfulness is a very practical aspect to it as uh, well, and sometimes uh, uh, the, the, the spiritual calming, clarity, deepening aspect uh, too. And they both really, really work together. It is really worthwhile to be a mindful human being and when the Buddha was asked once how do the liberated live he said they live mindful lives and with inner peace not bad I recommend it keep practicing all of us (laughs) with the mindfulness of the breath as uh, touched upon and the teachings in a very generous way can be great uh, knowing and understanding of what liberation is and of course sometimes the forgetfulness uh, the reactivity or the agitations 
still uh, can come in, but much less frequently. Rhythm <coughs> mindfulness, as mentioned, it has direct relationship, obviously, to the body. And the field of human existence, the relationship to the body, clearly and obviously, unmistakably, the real primary area of human life. So there is the event called the body, and there is the secondary and but equally important one of the relationship to the body. The relationship to it matters a great deal. So just taking the, the physical first, uh, the encouragement is given to move away from the image, the self-image of the body uh, there, and directly experience it directly. So it's not an image, it's not a picture, it's not an idea, nor a thought about, but in, in fact, real direct relationship to it. Part of the reason for that is that in a variety of experiences that we have every day, because heart, mind, thought, consciousness, environment is so close to the body so much has quite some significant impact on the body both healthy and unhealthy both joyful, pleasurable but painful as well in a meditation mindfulness practice we give plenty of attention to the body one of the important areas of the relationship to it is getting to know where the tensions, if there are any, and stress is being <coughs> manifested. For some people, but not everybody, that may be in a specific location or locations. So for uh, some, it could be, it could be the headaches. <coughs> They're the feet. For others, it could be tensions in the shoulders, contractions, uh, in the chest area unpleasant sensations anxieties in the stomach the knee pains and much much more <coughs> so we want to know ourselves selves, quote, quotation marks here meaning the body we want to know the body really well and where in a way where it's calm and clarity is and where the stress and tensions are and the body simultaneously can experience both. It's not that the whole body is tense or stressed or anxious or even in pain, but it's really specific locations there and to really attend to those locations. <coughs> Sometimes the place of the location, this is important here, the place of the location of the pain is not necessarily where the resolution is. So what I have in mind here, just a personal example uh, again, sometimes, some years ago, uh, experiencing with quite some regularity uh, pain in the knee, uh, there and just on the uh, inside of the knee, this made it for myself at the time very difficult to, uh, uh, for, that, for this uh, knee, left knee here, in this case, to sit in the cross-legged, so either using uh, the chair or just sitting with the left leg stre stretched out a little bit and I 
was doing all that one is supposed to do to heal the heal the knee or the exercises, and I mentioned this from, to a woman from Denmark on the on the retreat because she was a physiologist there. She said, "The knee is not the problem." In your case, she said, uh, "The problem is before the knee," and what is happening is that there's some weakness in the uh, probably thigh muscles in the upper part of the leg and probably more likely in the hip uh, uh, area and because there's some neglect or weakness there it's putting pressure on the knee and when you get into a certain posture there you're experiencing a lot of, lot of pain therefore if you strengthen up the rest that means all the upper part of the leg and use the yoga for the hips uh, and so forth and just work on that that will take the pressure off the knee and the knee will recover three or four weeks later back to the cross-legged which in my job is helpful <laughs> not important but helpful <laughs> so sometimes we look at the actuality what is in this case making reference to the knee it might just be the knee needs expanding of the cells it needs some working with particularly as an example there but it could be that the issue is somewhere else and can we find that somewhere else which is a contributing factor to the impact somewhere else these dynamics of should we call it cause and effect conditions and consequences uh, you know, just part of the work of exploration and that may require from us some uh, experiment uh, with these things if we are in a location it's called stress, it's called pain or whatever, with regard uh, to the body remember it's an object of interest so there is the subject looking at the object part of the value of this is because this is a training, training of mindfulness, a training in concentration and meditation, the same principle applies elsewhere. There is a situation, it is challenging, it is painful. Can I find ways to give attention to it so there's no denial nor avoidance? I'm working with it. So, in this case, with regard to the, the painful uh, lo location, the it's not just a matter of staying steady with it, important as it is, but it really is to see the changes in the sensations, in the experiences which are going on. If I just say, oh, I have a lot of pain in my back, I have a lot of pain in my ankle or in my shoulders, the view I have a lot of, that view is painful. That view, the view of it, is tinged, is touched uh, with a generalized, closed, narrow, tight opinion. I have a lot of pain in my wherever. When we're actually experiencing it directly, it's not a solidity of pain. There. It is painful, not denying it for a moment. But if we're actually close 
working with it, using the resource of the breathing, the pain, instead of being a solid matter of pain there, we'll begin to notice, it isn't easy, changes, vibrations, sensations, tingling, throbbing, aching, varieties of changes will be going on and we might need to breathe in and out through all of that while not forgetting and recognizing at any point in time that we can just change the posture. That's not an escape, it's not defeat, it's not a running away from, one's got the freedom just to change the posture. Give some relief, whatever part of the body that may be there, with a view, maybe after a minute or a few minutes, several minutes, to returning back to the original posture. Because life is like that. We give some area of interest and work with it. We need a breather, we need a break from it, of course, but we don't want to be in a state of flight or denial with it. So we will come back and we'll explore and we'll work with it again. And gradually, through the practice of addressing these painful areas of the body, not only does it help with the healing and health of the body, but my goodness me, it gives one a lot of confidence to handle difficult situations. It's not just the benefit for the body uh, here, but the benefit of, well, I can handle this, I can work, work with this. If you notice, if you are giving your mindfulness and directing it, or concentrating, meditating on a particular, and you're staying with it for the period of time, do not forget that that painful locality is in a bigger field. So what I mean by that, just to check, if you're working with some pain, uh, difficult sensations, anxiety, contractions, intensity, stress, or whatever, do remember, how is the rest of the body? If you notice, in the rest of the body, you're pushing hard, you're trying to control it, trying to break through it, or whatever, you will notice that there is tightness elsewhere in the body and that just feeds on it. Relaxation is, is remarkable conservation of uh, uh, energy and we want to check with the relaxation, out breath especially, and then go back to the painful area, the, the stress, the tension, and just relaxing through relaxing through, relax, staying upright, sitting tall, relaxing through, changing the posture if necessary. It can be with the sitting as well that for some the relationship to the sitting as with the other four postures is really valuable to look at both in the beginning, the middle and the last period. There can be quite a lot of uh, restlessness going on in the beginning, the middle, and the and the end, or towards the uh, uh, end. It might be a perfect mirror image of one's life. So, for some, 
walk into the meditation hall one's going to sit then one's got the view I've got to find the Buddha posture the perfect posture so a whole chunk of the sitting is trying to get every little detail in the body sitting magnificently clear upright like thank god there are no buddha images in this place etc they can really get in the way of being human so when, so the first 5, 10, 15 minutes about trying to get the right posture uh, uh, then, so that's a third of the sitting if not longer has uh, gone by so we, simple principle sit, sit tall quietly uh, still hands on the lap, hands on the end of the knees well, uh, small preferences here there, but really right from the from the beginning then there are others, it's, they sit down, this could be life, a new thing, in this case uh, uh, sitting, a new uh, sitting uh, there, and sometimes people are great beginners in life, fantastic at starting something new, whatever it might be, then get part of the way through, then there's this wobbly period, you see, the middle, middle period there. Can't go back to where they were because they've already started, and the end seems years away, and there's this middle section of the uh, period. So then the restlessness starts in the middle period uh, there. And mind is wandering, daydreaming, there's some amazing fantasy going on, or whatever it might be uh, there. And I want to give that little extra care if you're one of those middling people you start things and never get them done because you get lost in the middle uh, etc et those who laugh at this are those are the ones who need to look most carefully <laughs> uh, and then there's, then there's the then there's the last section uh, there and in the last section it's just waiting for it to finish waiting for it over and it's quite often uh, on retreats even the most devout atheist I mean it the most devout atheist finds themselves unexpectedly praying to God <laughs> for the bell to ring they didn't realise how much religion, religious stuff they had down in their DNA and it's now popping out oh God when is it going to be over help me God get through this etc this God I don't even believe in but just help me just in case there is one <laughs> So this last section of the uh, of the uh, uh, those who laugh loud are doing the most praying on this retreat. Just remember these things. <laughs> so then there's the end end uh, uh, section uh, of it, in the waiting for the the, the the bell or the gong, whatever, to ring. And with that, you know, is that a reflection of our life, waiting for something to be over? The impatience, the agitation, we can't be settled and, and still, we make the flight to the, the, the door anywhere but the meditation hall, etc. So to use the last period as, as well, and say, well, this might be somewhat representative of some other areas of our life, the beginnings, the middles and the end. And as Samantha reminded us uh, as well, it's just worthwhile they're just coming to uh, the end, just seeing 
what the response, what the feeling response is. And sometimes it's beautiful. There's empathy for the commitment of everybody. There's appreciation. There's kindness. There's happiness. The opportunity to be in the silence and to be in this magnificent environment that you and I are sharing together. And sometimes it might be a short reflection over the meditation itself in any of the postures. What was the quality of this period? Was I steady? Was there a story that kept drifting? Was I bored? Was there excessive thinking uh, uh, going on? Was I feeling anxious about the future or whatever? So they were quite clear, as much as we can be, and this was what was happening in the meditation. And to, to be clear uh, about it, so that Perhaps when we come back, perhaps to the same meditation. Okay, one's quite clear. Hmm, I'm a little vulnerable to anxiety. I'm a bit vulnerable to agitation and restlessness. Oh, I noticed it really takes me a lot, uh, quite a lot of the sitting just to be present and get still. I'm, I'm so unsettled there. Oh, in the middle period, I'm da da da, etc. So one learns a little bit from at, by a little reflection at the end of the sitting or walking or standing, in order to be a little bit more prepared, a bit more mindful with regard to the next. So as a development process, in the development of us as a human being, we are learning from the very near past in order to apply it to the very near future. And human beings... As human beings, we really can grow very deeply if we really remember this as well. Then finally, uh, 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 with you, in taking the other three postures, all the same principles can and do apply to the other three postures. And with that, because they're primarily engaged in individually, the standing meditations, sometimes... The collective is in here, the walking or the reclining posture. Uh, do endeavour to give as much care and mindfulness uh, to that. Quite often, easily happened that person th- really thinks, oh, it's all about sitting and everything else is secondary. It just is not the case. It may be that one quiet, dedicated commitment, let's say half hour, 45 minute walking period, really committed to it, doing it fully from start through to finish will give one the sense of being grounded and centred while walking. And that practice sometimes is very valuable when we're too restless and agitated, sitting may not work for us, it's too big a contrast between what we're feeling inside and and sitting still therefore we make it a walking meditation there or a movement meditation or a yoga to help harmonize the whole being together so if we explore all of the practices there we'll find ways which will work for us practices the authority and uh, practices the experience right so let's have a, a sitting together for a uh, 15 minutes, priority given to mindfulness of uh, breathing, feels appropriate for you, get in touch with the feeling tones in the body, 
notice sometimes the whole body is in a sense of well-being just be with that if you notice there are a few places or a place where there's a bit more pain agitations or anxieties etc then really notice what those locations are and quietly lots of relaxation into those areas noticing all the changes that are going on so we're not just saying oh I'm a, a worried person I'm an anxious person I'm an agitated person it's okay let, let me breathe quietly let me connect with those experiences really feel into them maybe they are not as bad as we think <laughs>